back. Welcome back, everybody, to the pre-admission game. Uh, how are you doing this morning, Mitch? Yeah, I'm feeling good, Aaron. And yourself? Yeah, I'm actually very excited for this Leeds event that we have coming up this week and, and the next couple of weeks. We're going to mm. introduce you guys to all our section leads, have them chat about the ins and outs of, of GAMSAP preparation for their section, have a chat about what it's like at Fraser's and, and how to prepare for the section in general. So a big week for us and, and for you guys as well. Absolutely. So I suppose, guys, this is taking a slightly different tack to where we've been previously. You know, more in the past, we were focusing on interview preparation, um, questions that you need to be aware of and things like that. Now we're shifting our focus over to GAMSAT as we are going into the GAMSAT season. And we are now joined by our very own uh, Section 1 lead here at Chief co-lead. Let's not, <laughs> let not leave your partner out of the picture. He wasn't able to make it today. But can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Megna. And yeah, I'm one of the um, Section 1 co-managers. It's yeah, fantastic. Recently promoted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so still a bit. Yeah, a bit fresh, nervous. but yeah. uh, students can expect to see your face around around the traps, I, I yeah, reckon. Yeah, definitely. I'll definitely be teaching lots. Yeah, mm. Not just one of those like behind-the-scenes people. Yeah, mm. we'll definitely be teaching. <laughs> not going to disappear into the, <laughs> the corporate wilderness. All right, Magna, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I'm studying dentistry at the University of Sydney next year. Um, I'm from a biomoscience background, so... Um, you I mean, and everybody else. <laughs> yeah. hey, I'm the average, I'm the mediocre part of the GAPSA. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I've been trying to get into med for a while now. So, yeah, like it's, I'm really happy it's finally happened. So it's, it's a bit of a, a rags to riches story. So sort of, you know, on the one hand, trying to get into med for yeah. a while, but now you're sitting here. Not only are you in, in Dent, yeah. you're also sort of the, the resident GAPSAT Section 1 expert. So. Uh, I guess to all the non-believers out there, uh, this is a, a fairly standard story. Yeah, your it? dreams can yeah. come true. Your you dreams can become can, can section come true. one lead. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, but I guess I guess I'm not trying to sort of denigrate anybody. My point here is is the opposite. It's sort of um, a, a lot of students I know very intimidated when they start studying for the GAMP set. They're like, oh, I'm not seeing any progress. But the reality of the situation is. Um, as I guess grim or not grim as it is, maybe some people might see this as optimistic. But with with hard work, you really can can absolutely turn any anything around, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. And mm. that's one of the most common things I hear from people as well. Is mm. you know, while I'm teaching section one, a lot of comments or like you know students coming up and saying, "How can you be good at section one when you're from like a biomed background or a science background? You know, don't you need to have like a humanities background?" So you know, like just kind of disproving that or just even giving them the confidence to disprove it for themselves. It's like, mm. yeah, it's a really enriching sort of experience. And while we're there, sort of, what do you sort of say to these people when they ask you these questions? Because that would be a very common question, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, yeah, really common. Um, I think it's more the fact that um, it's a combination of a few things. There's always consistency and persistence. So it's not like there's not too much differences in any of the sections of the GAMSA is what I tell them, right? Because ultimately the entire test is formed to test your logical reasoning mm. under time pressure as you have to do for the rest of your life as a doctor, right? So if you really want to do it, this is something you need to be comfortable doing. Mm. And you also need to be comfortable being uncomfortable doing it. So you might not know all the answers, you might think you don't have all the skills, but essentially there are undercurrents of similarity between like S3 and S1, right? So I just tell them like, whatever you're doing in section three, try and find a way to do it in section one. Um, obviously there's no numbers, there's less tangibility. There's not all the sort of like similarities, but the skills are like still there. Yeah. So 
Yeah, like they do get confused when I say that, but we do go through it. We, yeah, I do chat to them about it a little bit more. That's fantastic. I I wish I had ran into someone like Magana. (laughs) (laughs) Seven years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I uh, I completely flunked uh, section one, but somehow my section three managed to. (laughs) It's it's going to build some authority in our listeners' ears. (laughs) No, that's actually very important because I think in one of the early episodes, we drew this analogy where uh, section one is sort of. You can parallel every section of the GAMS ad Mm -hmm. to the patient interaction you have in the hospital and section one is sort of like the listening and understanding the patient yeah. um, and, and then you move into you know, section two and three which is communicating and reasoning but I mean when we were saying it we were sort of just trying to give you guys a heuristic explanation but we have it here from the section one expert herself so clearly we weren't making it up. No yeah, you definitely <laughs> weren't I think. Mm. It's really important to disseminate information, right? Like, imagine standing in front of a patient. You have bunches of stuff in front of you. Mm. Do you really want to sit there slowly reading your way through it and being, you know, like, patients are always very anxious, especially in hospitals. So, you know, like, if you know how to disseminate information, you can just get everything out in a way that's clear. And Section 1 really Mm. teaches you how to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's one of the things, the best things as well, I noticed in my study. So, like, I could break down complex information a lot quicker. Mm. So, yeah, it will pay off if you work hard at it. And it is a skill you're going to need for a long time. All right. Yeah. Mm. Now, time to dive into some some more concrete specifics. So mm-hmm. we we touched on on sort of your your med or I guess dent. I guess med, med is is also <laughs> so dent. The 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 healthcare journey that you've been on so far. Um, so you've been to uh, you've been through a couple of degrees before you went yeah. here, right? Bef- so went here before you got not only to leading section one but also to to uh, your UCID. Yeah. Uh, Dent admission. So, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I started off doing biomed at Deakin, mm. one of the best experiences of my life. Like, mm. really loved going to uni. Um, it was really fun, but um, <laughs> as parallel to that, my GPA wasn't that strong because I had no idea. Um, I didn't have too much information about getting into med. Mm. I was really apprehensive because of like the time it would take as well. So, I was like mm. always on the fence about it. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be like 35 or whatever. Um, you know, I was like really. Yeah looking at the bad side of things instead of that. So um, I tried doing a couple of other things. So I was doing um, a little bit of medical ultrasound in between after I finished my Deakin degree. Like nothing I did really felt like what I wanted to do or like where I was meant to be or anything like that. So Mm. I had no personal fulfillment. So then I kind of joined back into a bachelor's or like a research degree at Monash just to sort of like increase my GPA. Um, And yeah, so after that, I've just kept trying through the GAMSAT and um, you know, I met a lot of wonderful uh, tutors at Fraser's who kind of helped me out with my Section 3 because Section 3 was like my absolute downfall. Um, I kid you not, like, it was shocking. Well, it's a good thing you're not a Section 3 leader. Wow, all of you students are so lucky that I'm not in that team. Um, yeah, like, I don't think I ever got anything above 60 before I did, like, private tutes and stuff. So, yeah, it just would not go up. So, um, yeah, I think definitely that w- that really helped. So... And I finally got in, yeah. Like, I was really close to giving up this year, actually, when I got that offer. So how many times did you have to sit the GAMS at? I think about four or five times. Four or five times. Like, Section 1 and 2 was always, like, fairly decent. Um, I actually failed Section 3 once, full disclosure, because I just stopped trying. Like, I just Mm. almost gave up. It was so demotivating. But then I was like, no, come on, like, try a different way. Like, I always try being negative about things. So my friend was like, one time in your life, try and be positive about Mm. something, Mm. right? So I was, and it helped a lot more. And I think what you've, you've touched on there are two really important points. The first one being, don't forget about your GPA. I know we're talking about the GAMSAT right now, but... Definitely don't. 
but GPA is one of the key factors also deciding whether or not you are you know, admitted into medical school or dental school or anything like that. Um, so please, even if you're in first year and you're thinking this is so far away, it doesn't matter, just keep it in the back of your mind. You do need to sort of be thinking about making sure your GPA is good. And then on the other hand, that other great point you made was that, you know, if you are, you know, really bad, you know, like me with section one and you <laughs> potentially with section three, you know, like you can lift yourself up out of that sort of rut, I suppose, with that particular section uh, with hard work and understanding the skills that you need to cultivate along the way. Yeah. Fantastic. Absolutely. So I guess we're going to move on to one last general question to sort of make things interesting for our audience. What's your big vision for the future? I mean, you're, you're one of the unicorns we've had on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> usually people are either sort of fully committed to, mm -hmm. uh, to GAMSAT tuition and, and they're studying med. We haven't had that many dense students around. So tell us about what, what the plan is. What's the, what's the big dream? Uh, I think right now it's staying afloat in dentistry because um, <laughs> I've had a lot of people um, message me, uh, some of my friends, my friends' friends, uh, and say, you know, like you need to do a lot of the med stuff as well as the dense stuff. Like you know that, right? And I was like, um, no, I don't, but thank you for telling me. So, yeah, I think mostly it's staying afloat. Um, I think really taking in the uni experience as well, because I worked really hard to get here, so I don't want to forget that and be bogged down. Like, I do want to sort of, like, you know, enjoy the experience of studying something that I've been working towards for a long time, mm. really immerse myself in it. Um, and, yeah, I think ultimately my two things I've been looking into is going either into peri odontics or um, orthodontics. And, and periodontics yeah. for the uninitiated, for everybody out oh, there. Oh, sorry, yep, is yeah. The study of like gum diseases and like gum conditions, bone conditions and stuff like that. And orthodontics usually tends to be like abrasives, um, jaw reconstruction, stuff like that. So yeah, those are my um, big goals that I'm trying to already sort of like envision and work yeah. towards, yeah. So, and I think just leading section one well, um, I, I, I have big shoes to fill in that regard, so. Yeah, um, yeah. And we have every confidence in you. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm sure you do a fantastic job. Um, yeah, okay, so I guess now we're going to move on to the, the, the bigger topics. Mitch, do you want to open up? Yeah, okay, so Megana, you're, you're at the section one lead, as we've established. Um, can you tell us about sort of the major topics that, A, maybe what Fraser students do, but, you know, for others who aren't involved with Fraser's tuition, you know, like what stuff should they be thinking about as they go about their section one preparation? Yeah. I think first and foremost, definitely focus on how the test is transitioned. So I don't know how many, um, I would consider myself a dinosaur when it comes to sort of doing the gas because mm. I've done the paper version, I've done the transition to the online. Um, you know, luckily I don't sort of have to, um, you know, choose between the two. But yeah, I think firstly focus on the fact that it is all online now. And I think as we've all kind of noticed as well, our attention spans tend to be very volatile when we're mm. doing online stuff just mainly due to like Zoom learning and stuff. So I think just kind of be wary of that first and foremost. Like, can you sit in front of a screen yeah. for like three hours? I think, I think my attention span online sort of oh. goes to the extent of a TikTok video yes. or something. <laughs> that 90 seconds I'm good for. Is that what, should we transition phrases to just fully TikTok tuition? <laughs> just reels. Yeah. People can just swipe through section yeah, yeah, one yeah. tips. Get towards yeah. section one by a dog or something. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> I would actually be a big fan. Maximize content retentions. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> keep, keep so we've derailed you. Continue. No, no, no. I'm like now thinking about like a dog delivery, like bringing like a therapy dog to classes or something like that. I feel like it would be so good. All things that you can introduce as section one lead, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could just do them. Yeah. Take my yeah. power. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think major topics, like firstly think about 
you know, online like stamina, you know, it's not easy to sit there and do an exam like this, but also think about different text types that are on the exam set. So um, if you're not 100% sure, obviously there's heaps of like online material that's free that kind of tells you, hey, there's technical text, there's cartoons, there's, you know, poems, there's like fictional mm. stories and stuff like that. So you need to really be sure that there's different text types because people go in or they have this hope that I'll be okay if I get all cartoons. But as we know, Asa is not, you know, I think that kind. Yeah. Um, you know, so you can't really expect to gain success in things that are out of your control. So you've got to be prepared, right? So if you think oh, I'm going to be fine and then Asa sends a curveball and gives you all the poems in the world, you know, it's like... God, what, what a waste of, of an exam, right? Oh, yeah. Also, that is a cursed exam if you get like 60 cartoon <laughs> questions. <laughs> you know, when I was yeah. doing the online one for the first time last year, I got 22 cartoon questions. No oh, way. So I got it's like, like half the exam, isn't yes, it? I got half, like literally cartoon stem after cartoon. I got one poem in between and I was panicking and I cried because I thought my exam was broken. So it's interesting that you yeah. mentioned that. So with the online one, are the yeah. questions individualized? Is it sort of drawn out of the hat or does everybody get the same exam? I think it depends on the sitting. Um, okay. Like if you sit on a specific day in the morning sitting, you do tend to get the same exam as everyone sitting that. But right. mm. it's kind of like an online question bank. Um, I think they just allocate a bunch of questions for that day for that sitting for those people and that's it um, and they kind of like test you on that so it does vary so if I sit it like on Monday and then Mitch sits it on Tuesday we could get completely different exams but um, I just really want to send out a big PSA and say it's like Asa does care about disadvantage so no one will be disadvantaged by that it is still like evened out yeah. this is certainly a big myth that I think we've yeah. been trying to dispel the phrases for years Acer is the, the reason why Acer, and it's a huge company, right? It's a multi-million dollar oh, company, yeah, yeah. And, and their GAMSAT testing is just a drop in the sort of financial ocean. Mm. They've built their business on being equitable, fair, and, and good at assessing people. Because at the end of the day, right, why would the medical schools band together and pay this company hundreds of thousands of, you know, millions of dollars over time if the test wasn't giving the medical schools the best candidates, exactly. right? The most rounded, most appropriate, sort of best future doctors. It, it wouldn't be a, a sound investment and you better mm. believe the universities and all, all the people putting money into this are very good about thinking about that sort of thing. Uh, and I, th yeah. I think the R in ACER stands for research as well. Research, so I yeah. suppose they're, they... The they, scientists. You know, they are scientists. They yeah. are, you know, good at looking back, analyzing the data, making sure that nobody is going to be disadvantaged by whatever questions they get on the day. Um, so, yeah. And I certainly recommend, sorry, I'm just going to interrupt yeah, you before you go on. I certainly recommend uh, if you guys listening to the podcast want to find out more about this, we actually did a really, really good podcast on the, the GAMSAT marking scheme mm. where we chatted to a marking expert who clearly explained the methodology behind putting together the exam and how it's made equitable mm. and fair. And so if you're thinking about, you know, which Section 1 resources, you know, are right for you and things, feel free to check out the ones that we have on the website, uh, the Fraser's GAMSAT website. There's loads of stuff mm. talking about the different question types as Magana has sort of alluded to just now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, sorry, Mitch, where were you before I so rudely interrupted you? Oh, no. <laughs> um, so I suppose just moving on then, um, Nagana, so is, are there any particular tips or tricks that you have, you know, that you want um, the listeners at home to know for Section 1? Oh, yeah. I think this is one of the sections where there's this massive myth of 
people just not improving, right? Like people settle really low in section one. Everyone thinks, okay, if I get a 55 or a 60, I'm cool, you know, aces, like I'll keep going. That, that is exactly yeah, what I thought. Exactly, like <laughs> you're like, I'll make it up in my other section. Yes. Like, that was my S3 mentality. I was like, Meg, get a 65. You can get like 80s and everything else, it's fine. Um, but yeah, I think what everyone needs to realize is the fact that it, it is improvable, um, even for people who are strongly sort of like biomed um, oriented who, you know, haven't picked up a book in a very long time or, you know, just not used to like dissecting information in this way or having this sort of experience. But I think it's more studying smarter than harder. Like this is coming from someone who has really struggled in the GAMSAT. So I went about it all the wrong way. So I thought it was like reading widely or, you know, not doing enough questions and just like, you know, just picking up things here and there. So, yeah, I think don't really believe the myths of that. It's more what you need to do is be really strategic in your approach. Like you have to be strategic from day one because this is just, I think, a huge game of chess. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of it is strategy, but there is a little bit of luck involved. Sitting the GAMSAT, getting your score, the applications, getting into med school, your interviews. Like there is a little a strategy everywhere. So, so what kind of strategies would you like if you were to drop, drop, yeah. uh, drop some wisdom on us here? Maybe one or two strategic things. Like you mentioned, uh, maybe reading widely is, is not the thing that's going to push your GAMSAT score over the line. Mm -hmm. And we sort of, we're, we're careful about advocating that because on the one hand, reading widely is really, really good for your development as a person. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. It is, as we've said on the podcast before, a soft skill. You're not going to, you know, increase a point in section one for every book you read. Mm -hmm. But what about the, the actual strategies that you employed and you employ in, in, in your classes with the students that you think are effective at bumping the score up? Yeah, so from reading widely, I would suggest, and this is something I did, I transitioned into reading things that were more relevant to section one, right? So mm. Mm. I would Google short stories and short poems, I think three times a week. So I would have specific times and days where I studied section one, and I would follow it up with section two straight away, just to kind of like, like in the real GAM set, you have section one, you have section two right after each other. So I would just Google them and I would read a poem and I would think to myself, what is the subject, right? What is this guy talking about? What does this word mean? What emotion is it evoking in me as I'm reading it? Is that consistent to like what the tone is? And then the good thing about famous stuff is the fact that there's a lot of analysis on it from like proper people who have degrees in like research and humanities and stuff. So, you know, you can always find like breakdowns and annotations of these stories and poems. So then I would compare my answers to what's been written by someone who's very well mm. sort of versed in like poetry and um, humanities and literature. And I would like see if I'm on like almost on point with my analysis of text, right? Mm. And more often than not, I stopped reading sort of like lots of things like, um, you know, like I think Sapiens is something everyone goes for straight away, which mm. I strongly recommend, great book. And I fell down that track. So I kept finding similar things that were just general ideas. So I would read like journal articles from like socio psychology, mm. um, sort of like journals. Um, abstracts from like psychology journals, medical ethics journals. Mm. And then I'll just try and break down from there. Like abstracts don't have all the information. They do a great job, but you still have to fill in the blanks. Mm. And that's what ACER texts have as well. Like they give you a lot of the stuff, but you still have to fill in the blanks. So I would go in, I would read a few of those in an hour. I would compare my answers to like the rest of the paper. Like, hey, what happened in the abstract? Is it consistent with like the conclusion that they're making or something mm. like that? And it really helped, especially when I was starting to time myself. And then I'll start doing timed stuff and I'll think, okay, I can read this a lot faster. So that's a good strategy. Um, and I think timing as well. Uh, you can be excellent at section one, section two, section three, but keep in mind, you do have to do it under a time limit. 
So that's the downfall of a lot of like extremely talented people. The fact that you have to do it in like, I think it's a hundred minutes now, right? Mm. So yeah, like as soon as you feel even remotely confident with your skills, start introducing some sort of like time limit to it. Um, I would say that's my best strategy because you don't want to practice. You don't want to take like four hours to do 40 questions mm. and get a hundred percent. And that's not really what's going to happen on the day. Yep. You have 90 minutes. So like, a, you know, a hundred minutes, you can't replicate that. So mm. yeah, yeah definitely. definitely say that. It's a big thing at phrases. I think I know they emphasize simulation. Oh yeah. You know, where you're trying to simulate the real exam experience, the real time conditions to the best of, you know, your, your our company's ability, I suppose. And then, you know, and for those of you who aren't with phrases, you know, you can do this by yourself as well using a timer. Just make sure that you are giving yourself time pressure because as Magana's alluded to, it's like it's it's very different, I suppose, going through a passage, you know, under time conditions versus on time conditions. It's like night and day. The reading style is completely different. You're scanning versus reading in detail. Um, and I suppose, yeah, so so it's chalk and cheese, so is what we're trying to say here, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, really uh, ensure that you are doing that. Yeah. Hmm. And I think like someone once told me, um, if everyone had like four hours to do each section of the GANSAT, everyone would be getting 90s in every section, right? Like if you could take your sweet time, you would like, no, there would be no one getting rejected from these mm. medical schools. But you know, the reality is you don't and you can't. And yeah, like if mm. you're thinking about a career in medicine, everything's gonna be, you know, very, very, like it's like yeah. a pressure cooker all the time. So exactly. yeah. if a heart attack patient, you know, had a heart attack forever, yeah, yeah, yeah. there'd be if, no issue treating it. If, right? you had, if you had 24 years to treat someone's heart attack, yeah. anybody could be a doctor. Um, well, anybody, I think, can, can be a doctor with enough effort, but anybody, you know, even without training could probably cure a heart attack <laughs> in 24 years. Um, so just to summarize everything that you've said so far, it seems that the approach is rather than just picking up random mm. texts and putting them away after you've read them, it's about starting with a text, yeah. reading, well, first of all, selecting the text carefully, making sure that it fits into the sort of GAMSAT performer, um, and then analyzing it, maybe doing a bit of annotation, thinking about it, cross-comparing your analysis with professional analysis. And once you've had that, that skills foundation, then you introduce the time pressure that, that you and Mitch mentioned, and you move into simulation type training. Is, is that sort of the timeline for the early stages of section one preparation? I would, if I could add mm. one last thing as well, is just like when it comes to annotations, that's an interesting point because mm. you can't annotate on the screen on mm. the GAMSAT, right? So mm. I guess that is a disadvantage from the paper-based exam where you can scribble until your heart's content. But um, I think with that, they do give you scrap paper. So that's another thing students have to involve in their practice early on. You need to be able to read the information on screen, process it, simplify it, put it on paper for yourself in case it's like a very long, dense text in a format that you can understand, not like a you know overly complicated scribble or just copying what's on screen because that's just wasting paper mm. and your time as well. Mm. So I would say like um, mental annotations are really good for you guys to get into. So simplify things as you go for yourself, like every few sentences, summarize something you're reading, right? Like this author makes the point that medical ethics is not consistent across hospitals in Victoria or something like that, right? Like just mm. make it simple for yourself, make it bite-sized, mm. um, write it down if you are someone who wants to write things down, but mm. annotations are, are very crucial, I would say. Mm. And I suppose as a skill as well, just thinking about, you know, yeah. where in the paragraph 
you know, you are likely to find the point of the paragraph, yeah. you know, being the topic sentence. And then, you know, knowing where you are going to find the detail, which will likely be in the second, third sentence, yeah. if, depending on the question type. And sort of, I suppose, that's where your simulation comes in, doesn't yeah. it? So for those playing from home, or is it watching from home? I never know the expression. <laughs> um, what, what we're talking about here is a speed reading technique called chunking. So, so this idea of looking at the paragraph structure, taking it into bite-sized chunks, identifying the topic sentence. Yeah. This is actually what is, is known in the quote-unquote, the biz, <laughs> as, as chunking. And it's a, it's a component of speed reading, which paradoxically is not about reading fast. It's about making sure that you only read the text once, yeah. right? Mindful reading. Mindful reading, exactly. So it's speed reading in the sense that you don't get lost in rereading the text 20 times really <laughs> quickly. You know, one second per reading, but you've taken 20 seconds mm -hmm. because you've reread it 20 times as opposed to reading it once in 15 seconds slowly and then never having to come back to the text again. Or maybe, you know, maybe one or two times just to check which line you're specifically referring to. Yeah, mm. Mindful reading is a big part mm. of it. You don't want That's really what it should be called, right? Yeah. Not speed reading. It's, very, it's a misnomer. Mm. Yeah. Like there's heaps of apps that can help people online. You know, if you are a slow reader, I suggest you check out like speed reading, mindful reading apps. But yeah, like you don't want to sit there and read like a really dense, heavy text over and mm. over and then just get bogged down and want to give up like halfway through. So mm. that, that tends to happen a lot as well. And just one final trick as well is the fact that you don't have to understand everything to do well. Um, you know, like even I've always been a massive reader. Like I swear to God, my book is covered in runes. Like, uh, like my room is book covered is in runes. Co <laughs> <laughs> Words room, to live by. <laughs> my room is covered in books. Like I always enjoyed reading. Um, you know, my parents were immigrants, so they really, really pushed for it as well. Mm. So I would say even at that or people who are from arts humanities backgrounds who are very well read etc like you don't need to understand what consequentialism or like deontology or something like that means in the stem to be able to do well in it you just although if you do you might be a section one lead one day yeah, <laughs> one day yeah. i don't know what yeah, deontology means, i think i don't know <laughs> now I'm like, now I'm we'll cut that out <laughs> we'll that yeah I don't know <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep that in. Yeah. <laughs> So like you definitely don't need to understand everything in the text. Like you can call complex terms SpongeBob and Patrick. It will still equal the same thing. It's not going to change anything. So yeah, I think you can definitely take the pressure off. You don't need to understand everything. Just know where you can find the good information, like your main points, like what the why is the author even writing this? Right? Like it, that's a really interesting, etc. Yeah, really interesting idea with the the SpongeBob and Patrick. I've never heard it phrased that way, but I mean, it, it's completely you get anything. Yeah, uh, completely correct, right? You know, if if um, you know, if we pull out some random medical stuff, mumbo jumbo. Now we talk about you know statins and and you know. I don't know, hepatic metabolism, right? Mm. These two words to maybe the medical. They mean nothing to you. Right. They mean no, <laughs> nothing to me after seven years of, of medical school. No, that mean nothing to, to sort of the medically uninitiated, yeah. right? Uh, you don't need to understand what the intrinsic meaning of these words are, right? Mm. But if you know, if you call one of these terms A and the other term B, and, and you know that A impacts B or A is associated with B, mm. and the question is something along the lines of, how does it do that? You know, how yeah. this is a statin involved with, you know, all you need to do is go through the question, replace the terms that you don't know, that you're not expected to know with these placeholder terms, and suddenly the question becomes about relationships rather than these technical definitions, which, you know, nobody needs to get bogged down in. Yeah, mm. and that just goes back to the essence of the GAMSAT, which is reasoning and logic. It's not yep. content, right? Nope, so not content. I've tried that. Like, I've tried doing bio textbooks, chem textbooks, physics textbooks. It didn't take me anywhere until mm. I realized it was, like, skill. Ah, 
You, I couldn't have said that better myself. <laughs> That's outstanding. You'd think that you're a section it's one. It's like you're a section yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, I want to ask you a question that I think is, is very, very, I actually hate this question because I don't, I never know how to answer it. Um, how long, uh, you know where this is going, how long is it going to take me to prepare for section one? Like what, how do you even approach answering this question? What's your recommendation as a section one lead? Um, I think it's going to have to be something general because I, <laughs> it, it is a very personalized journey. Um, you know, I think the traditional timeline is heaps of people start studying in December after their uni exams are done. They continue until March when the exam is. So that's, let's, like, if we even take that, um, it's not kind of, you know, at the risk of sounding like a motivational poster. It's not sort of the <laughs> length of time. It's more what you do with it. So if you're kind of, you can spend years doing the wrong thing, but one month of doing the right thing can really help your results, right? So mm. I think it's more... Um, yeah, like start studying early because this is a long game, unfortunately. Like this is not an exam where you memorize a bunch of stuff and you can get a HD. Like this is something that takes a while to succeed in. Um, and unfortunately, the education system is built on rote learning. So for a lot of these people, logical reasoning is, you know, the first encounter with it isn't an exam like this, right? So it's a big change for people to think this way and to analyze information in this way. Mm. So I would say like, maybe like a few months is a solid thing to do, right? Like you start building your foundations for sure. Um, you then apply it, do a bunch of questions, don't stop practicing um, and keep it flexible as well. Like maybe do one day of foundations and then a couple of hours of questions. As you get closer, closer to the exam, definitely make sure you do at least one practice exam. Um, I think don't believe those people who are like, yeah, I did three questions, went in and got like an 85. That's look like there's so much information like that online mm, and it mm. just really pisses me off i mean I these people know. exist it's just yeah. these people are not me and they're probably <laughs> not you <laughs> no no and they do send a really wrong message out there mm. um yeah like obviously some people have natural ability that's fine but i think you know med school i do think it's a lot about hard work rather than like intelligence because everyone in there is going to be smart like you have to work harder to get ahead right so yeah i think um definitely make sure that you have like a good plan and it's flexible and you're not you know thinking you know like the urge we get at like 3 a.m to pull our lives together like we just get that urge i don't like, know what you're talking about my, <laughs> life, I don't, is I don't, yeah, my life is so I run. Together. i'm sorry guys yeah. it's just me that's the school yeah. <laughs> I don't know. yeah the urge i get or me immortals like me get to oh no I, I i have it all the time yeah, I, it just <laughs> doesn't occur at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> it's not it's not isolated it's chronic yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so don't be like, I'm going to spend 16 hours every weekend studying for the gums that you get demotivated. Mm. So yeah, I think a few months being really flexible and comfortable with yourself and being strategic with what you study should be good. So mm. yeah, it's more how you use your time. Mm. Fantastic. In terms of uh, using time, and I'm going to direct this question at Mitch before I handle it mm -hmm. back to our resident expert. Um, do you use a study planner, Mitch, when you were preparing for section one? Did you have any sort of, any sort of routine that you try to stick to? Or was it chaotic? <laughs> It was, it was chaotic at best. Right. I, look, I, the way I prepared for it was not the way that I would prepare for it with hindsight. Mm. Um, I didn't use a study planner. I, I roughly worked out that I needed to spend some time on section one, two, and three. But realistically, I, I just thought, oh, gosh, section one is really going to be too hard, too hard basket that. I will just sort of bumble my way through that. And then I worked on section two because I thought that was something that I could lift my score with. And then section three was just, you know, something that I thought I would have natural aptitude for anyway. Mm. So uh, I, 
how, like, what, what does that mean? It means don't do what I did. <laughs> it means um, I think the, the benefits of using a, a study planner are that you can really think about the skills that you need to cultivate for section one, which McGann has sort of touched on. And I think that, you know, if I had that understanding and I knew that, you know, GAMSAT was a skills-based exam at the time, um, rather than just sort of thinking of it as this sort of intelligence test that you needed to do for medicine, um, I would have been able to study a lot better, hopefully would have done, you know, maybe better and maybe made life, you know, easier for myself. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I, yeah, I suppose that would be how I did it, but I, it's not how I would recommend yeah. those at home who are listening to do that. And it's especially important now, I think, with you said and a lot of other universities moving towards uh, a marking scheme that doesn't allow you to lift your score using other sections, right? Because you would have been you would have been part of that new test cohort, I guess, or this new new marking scheme cohort. Can you tell us about that? Oh yeah, definitely. I think that's something I definitely wanted to mention in this podcast. I'm really glad you guys brought it up. Um, yeah, just the general fact that more and more med schools are going for more all-rounded candidates. So I think a few years ago you could see someone with a mid fifty section one, mid sixty section two, sort of like you know, low 50s even, but like an astronomical section three, kind of like, you know, get in, get an interview a lot easier. Mm. I think now it's more the fact that a lot of these universities are looking for more well-rounded candidates. So people who have consistent scores in section one, section two, and section three. Well, they they rank all the sections separately now, don't they? Yeah, yeah, especially at UCID. I think the other Mm. uh, universities are not really doing it separately, but they are looking for more well-rounded yeah. people. Not so yet. Not yet. So not that, yet. I, yeah, just as the, the voice of authority, because I have looked this up. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so as you, Megana's 100% correct, they are ranking sort of candidates individually, especially mm-hmm. for SUSID. Uh, but pretty much the rest of the universities are moving towards that traditional sort of Melbourne style of interpreting the GAMSAT, where, you know, rather than double weighting section three, it's, it's yeah. pretty much even across the board. So you can't have your section three bail you out as you previously could. Yeah, I think that's really important because, yeah, like there's been a lot of problems, a lot of, I guess, debate and discourse around like how doctors communicate, how that's, you know, kind of implemented or the type of candidates that even get in in the first place, right? Like, do they have the necessary skills to consistently empathetically communicate? And that's what section one and two test anyway. So I think what they're trying to do is kind of, even out any um, you know communication gaps or empathy gaps that could have been made by previous admissions and just make sure that all the candidates are able to be empathetic communicative and also you know have those section one logical reasoning skills which are very crucial hmm. yeah now um, a few more things about question planners or question logs and study planners uh, what, what do you have what do you have to say for yourself on that front do you can you explain to us the role of the question log how do, how do we put it together just briefly give us a, a yeah. crash course not not giving too much away we don't want spoilers for the phrases course no, yeah. no, I want you guys to see it for yourselves um, I think the question log is really crucial in terms of how reflection plays a huge role in the gamset and hmm. I think like not kind of um, you know doing too much sorry fun um, so begin f- with the, the question log again, so. Okay. Um, so the question log without giving too much away is, is uh, I would say very crucial to your study and something that every student should look into. It doesn't need to be as complicated as it looks or as you guys might think it is. So it's basically just a reflective device, right? So the reason for this is the fact that a lot of people just do questions they understand, they look at it really quickly and they go, okay, I got this wrong. I kind of get why. I'm going to move on. Mm. But 
you don't understand or you don't realise the fact that it's consistent behaviours that are leading you to get specific things wrong over and over and over. So this reflective device, these question logs, what they enable you to do is take like a deep dive, in, like be really introspective and mm. reflective in your approach. So you know all the little things that are leading you wrong. And if you kind of fix those or you kind of realise those, you'll see your scores improve quite drastically. And I'm not kidding about this. This is something I've gone through as well. So definitely download the Fraser's Section 1 question log. I just revamped it as well. So it's got like, um, it's less bulky, um, less sort of time consuming, more targeted. So you guys can definitely look at why you're getting things wrong, but also why you're getting things right. Like just because you get something right doesn't mean you got it right for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, could have been luck, could have been a fluke. You could have guessed your way through it. Mm. Um, unfortunately, that's not a stable procedure in the GAMSA. Absolutely. Because you might, you might get a few things right and you think, oh yeah, this is really good for my confidence. But if you don't understand why you got it right. Or if you're guessing it and you're getting it right and then you're yeah. not going through it. Absolutely. Then you're like the point of the exercise, which is to get better at section one, yeah. is actually lost on you, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So I think for sure, like build in reflection into your study planning as well. Um, and be flexible with your planning. Like I said, don't overreach and burn out by like January or something like that, right? Yeah. So yeah, definitely build it in. So for every one minute of questions, maybe do like two minutes of reflection. Why am I getting things wrong? Write it down, do a flow chart, whatever floats your boat, but just reflect is mm, what I would say. Mm. And th there aren't limitless questions. I mean, I know at Fraser's we've got a bucket load of them. <laughs> Asa, Asa has, you know, a, a fair number of them too, yeah. um, which, and I think you get some with your GAMSAT re registration, but really, you know, if you just bash through all of the questions, you know, that's your simulation material all done if you haven't got access to further question banks. So, you know, really guys, you, you wanna be making the most out of each question that you have. You know, if you have high quality Acer or phrases or whatever material at your fingertips, you know, make sure that you're using them um, properly and really extracting the learning that you can from each, each question stem. Hmm. Yeah. Good, all right. And, and I think uh, sort of the, the sentiment that you're expressing there is, what is it? Two, two minutes of, uh, of um, reflection, per, reflection every question. for every question. What am I trying to say here? Two minutes of reflection are worth one minute. No, it doesn't work that way, does it? <laughs> it? It should be the other way around. Basically, the point is that reflection is worth double oh, or should, should enc yeah. encompass double the effort yeah. that any, any actual question doing involves. All right, good. Now, I think we need to pay tribute to sort of our, our, our host, our parent company here. Yes. And, and, you know, you are a section one lead at Fraser's. We will talk about other tuition as well. But um, I think it's important that our listeners, uh, in order to make an informed decision, as, as we like to, to talk about in MED, um, understand what the Fraser's course involves from your perspective. Sort of, can you tell us a little bit about section one tuition in, in Fraser's, what, what it involves, what the students get out of it? Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. So we have like a bunch of different packages um, from what I know, but essentially the basis of all of them is the fact that we really want to enrich your GAMSAT journey. Um, it is a demotivating journey, I guess, like to a lot of people, including myself for a very long time. Mm. It is something that you don't see a lot of results of. It's grueling. Yeah, mm. it's very grueling. It's very, and unfortunately, it's like a long-term thing. This is not a test, you know, that anyone have, has ever really done something like this before. So. Um, I think the best way I can describe it is the fact that it's made personal. Like there's a reason why that's sort of our logo, right? Or like our slogan, sorry. Um, you know, it's the fact that GAMSAT made personal. So you get bridging courses. Um, this is kind of like exactly what it sounds like. It bridges your beliefs and sort of like your knowledge of section one um, and kind of enriches that from like a foundational level. Mm. And then you have the applications phase, which is like your problem-based learning, which 
are classes like you'll also have in med school, right? Like you'll have heaps of these classes. Mm. So this is where you go through questions. You do questions in class with your peers. There'll be tutors there, obviously, and we go through them. We go through how to break down stems, how to annotate, what you need to look for. You know, like Mitch was saying earlier, where do you find the main point? Where do you find the purpose, etc. And finally, you have your mock exams and your simulations. So you come in, we simulate actual GAMSAT conditions. So we pretend to be sort of like the GAMSAT ACER um, invigilators. And, you know, we tell you not to touch your pens and like all your water bottles. That's all we do. That's, yeah, that's, that's really, that's, 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 what you, that's the <laughs> yeah. premium service. Don't touch your pen. Uh, <laughs> so no. you do sign in like you are someone sitting on the GAMSAT. So mm. we have four or six mock exams, I think. Mm. Um, you come in in the morning up early like you do with ASA. Um, we tell you to sit in, you know, you do it properly with exact timings, exam conditions. So yeah, it is something that really takes you from mm. the absolute scratch to all the way to the end. Mm. And in between you have private tutorials as well. So these are one-on-one -on -one sessions you can schedule with whatever tutor you want, um, your tutor of your choice. So if you like seeing me in classes, you can schedule something with me. Um, uh, you know, I'm not like sort of self self bump. Self bump right there. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Sydney's expensive guys, please. <laughs> no, I'm just um, yeah. So you know, you can kind of have that, and that's a really good sort of like space for students to seek help in their very like their personalized skills and mm. weaknesses as well. So you might not feel comfortable talking about it in class and you can work on these with your tutor throughout the season as well. That being said, I from sort of my time in, in these classes. Um, I, I know that these these classes they pass the vibe check to they to do. use the the the, the lingo mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. youth are using these days. <laughs> <laughs> these youths, <laughs> these these youth. Anybody anybody younger than, than me, which is anybody <laughs> younger than twenty five, I suppose. Um, but they're very. It's not like there is a degree of of sort of didactic teaching, but at the same time, it's designed to be engaging, fun, right? And it's a space for everybody to talk. This isn't, this isn't you know, your dry, stiff upper lip, you know, tutor points at board, explains yeah. something. Um, it, this is a space for, for sort of a healthy debate and discussion and-, and Collaboration. People. Collaboration, exactly. We're trying to emulate the medical environment, really, mm. the, the mm. same sort of logic. Mm. You know, if we're testing the medical logic in the GAMSAT, we have to develop the med medical logic in these classes. And the other thing that I want to, I, I want to, we always draw the marathon analogy when we talk mm -hmm. about the GAMSAT. So if we talk about the bridging courses sort of being the, the first step, and then we talk about the applications classes and the simulation at the end, it's sort of like, okay, if you decide to run the Melbourne Marathon, for example, in January, and you have a year to train for it, right, obviously the, the one at the end of the year, not the one, not the one, it's in January, isn't it? The Melbourne it's, Marathon. Or is it in no, December? No, it's like... You can tell that I've never run a marathon. October. Yeah, I, d I don't do marathons. Yeah, I get out of bed in the morning. That's that's all the exercise that I need. Um, no, so um, you decide to run the Melbourne Marathon, and there's there's a year worth of training that you need to do. First, you need to actually physically be able to run the distance, right? So, you, you know, you go to the gym, you do shorter training, you sort of you get your running technique up to scratch, then you start running the distances, right? So you need to, I really don't know, I shouldn't be giving marathon <laughs> advice, I think. But you sort of, you run the distances, and once you can actually run the physical distance, then you actually start training for time, right? That is not how I would recommend someone train for a that's 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 You start with one step and then you, <laughs> you need to, you need to yeah. build your, your sort of foundational fitness, yeah. then you need to extend yourself further and yeah. simulate the real thing, right? So you how do. is that not what I said? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll run a marathon, you, you guys will see. <laughs> this time next year According on the pre-admission game. Yeah. <laughs> By my, the, the pre-admission uh, game <laughs> marathon standard. Oh. Uh, just doing the podcast while you run all <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I'll just do, I'll do like a three-hour episode. How long does it heavy, take to run a marathon? Breathing. For you, maybe five hours. Five hour, five hour episode of the pre-admission game live streamed. 
from the Mar- Melbourne Marathon 2023. Oh, um, so good. Uh, that would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love yeah. to listen to that. <laughs> yeah, well, at least we get an audience of one. Anyway, back back to back to the topic. So there's there's distinct phases essentially to yeah. the training. We don't throw you in the deep end, do we? No, no. And it, like you said, like it's really important for us to stress the fact that. Um, the friendships you make are really like this is going to sound cliche but I still do get to keep in touch with a lot of my previous students you know like there is a really good vibe in these classes especially section one like yeah we, we love the vibes in section not one. not that you're biased at all no not at all but <laughs> hey like um it's because yeah like we definitely work on it and it will become your favorite section mm. trust me like I've seen hundreds is that of a students. threat yeah. it will no <laughs> of course not or else um, I've seen so many mm. students come in and say oh my god like I'm not expecting a lot from section yeah. one and then at the end of the course, you know, it does become something they're deeply engaged in. So, yeah, we can, we can promise you that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and you talked about sort of the, the friendships that you make. Mm. You, you gain, in my experience at least, you gain colleagues and pa- like, not partners, but like partners in, in medicine for life. Um, well, maybe you'll find a partner. Maybe there's a phrases matchmaking <laughs> service here. No, but um, you, you gain a, a colleague and a mentor for life and, and, and you know, med partners for life because you know, everybody's entering the same industry. So the people you meet in the classes, your your tutors that you meet at phrases, that mm. stuff doesn't just you know magically end when the course ends. Mm. You can still reach out. I you know still have coffees with my students regularly that that I had when I was sort of t- uh, teaching Gamsat before I moved into the podcast space. Yeah. So so and and we can chat about stuff beyond Gamsat. We can chat about you know wh- how do we approach med? How do we approach job applications later down the track? So all of these things. The, mm. the collegiality carries over, and I think that's the most... The community, right? The community, yeah. exactly, is the best part about yeah. GAMSAT so, like, training. Just cuts and dries after. Um, like, uh, I think the September GAMSAT results came out, like, literally a few days ago, and mm. I've had students, you know, re- cut, reach out mm. and, you know, say, mm. hey, I did bad, I did great. You know, can we, like, just have a chat? This is how I went. You know, like, just, yeah, just, just letting us know, just asking to keep in touch and stuff. So, yeah, like, there is that really nice aspect of it. It's mm. not just Meghna standing in front of a board, with a laser pointer being like, uh, like uh, Don't <laughs> speak to me <laughs> ever again. <laughs> it's not like quiet everyone. No, yeah. it's nothing like that. Mm, yeah. mm, absolutely. And just one last thing, I think, before we wrap the podcast up, because we've mm-hmm. been chatting for a while. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on, on sort of private tuition outside of phrases? What, like, what, what should stu- I guess my question is, uh, what, at what point do students think, okay, I should be considering sort of tuition options? What's out there? What are the benefits? What, what are the drawbacks? Mm. One thing I will say, which kind of sounds like a plug, so I, I, you know, will sort of like um, not kind of mean it in that way, is not a lot of people don't take into consideration the online format when they look for these tutoring places. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are still on paper. Mm. Right? So they do encourage students to print stuff out and write it, but then that's a huge disadvantage on the day because, you know, you can't do that when mm. you're in there. So I think keep in mind that Phrases has like the... Like online A-system. ecosystem yeah. yeah so nothing we do is on paper anymore um you know we're saving a lot of paper as well but yeah like just we have the actual asa setting you know the text on the left hand side questions on the right hand mm. side it's exactly the same format as the online gam side sort of calling back to that simulation idea yeah. it is fully simulated exactly. isn't it because yeah. if you do it on paper you, you can't do that when you get in there you're gonna be at a huge you're gonna be a lot slower it's a different well. exam yeah completely mm. like mm-hmm. your timings will be so off so Take that into consideration. I think just what I would say is vet your um, options very carefully. Mm. There are lots of people who are out there who promise that you can get a 19 section two if you write like a two line poem or something like that, right? Like that's two people who did it, but we have evidence of like thousands of others who just did a decent essay and were able to do really well, right? Like what are you gonna 
kind of put your beliefs towards, right? That's so, absolutely right. Yeah, so be really careful with all the resources out there. Vet them very carefully. Make mm. sure it targets your skills and weaknesses, not just gives you general stuff that you just have to, you know, somehow figure out on your own and get a great score, competitive score or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't believe in those. I, I, think, I think, you know, just to, to add some other things, I think, like, with, with private tutors, obviously, they can be very good. Yeah. Um, but they can also be, you know, not so good. And I suppose, you know, at, at least at least with phrases, you've got that idea of, you, you know, it's a known quantity. Mm. You know what you're getting. Um, there's tons of evidence to show that it does do, so, like, good. Yeah. And I suppose the, the extent to which it, it will change your score is all down to how much you can invest in the material and what what you're able to do in your PBL tuition. Just when you say when we say invest, we don't mean financially. No, 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 absolutely. Like when, time, when you're yeah. when you're yeah. Yeah, investing time, yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crypto, come on, yeah. we're millennials. Yeah. Phrases coin, yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, so there is that variability, and um, but you know, you, there there are many ways. I think you know, without without this sounding like a, a phrases echo chamber, you know, like there are many ways that one can prepare for the gamsat. Phrases is one good option. You know, there are you can do it on your own. I mean, I I went through by myself. Aaron, you you did you? We we went to the master classes. I think it was oh, when when phrases were just really starting out. So we we didn't have the advantage of the fully developed phrases ecosystem when we were yeah, going through. Yeah. But we did go to the master class together. I remember back in the day. Oh. We, yeah yeah. <laughs> so you know, we, we you can you can do it. You know, with totally by yourself. You can do it with you know a few master classes here and there. You can you know as as sort of Magna said, you can. You can sign up to small packages, um, have some private tuition, do whatever you want. You know, it's it's really it is your journey at the end of the day, um, and there are many ways that you can go about, um, you know, getting the skills that you need for the gamsat. Just make sure that you are thinking about it in the right way, and that you're sort of following the right steps, um, and you should be fine. Yeah, Good. just more is that it's skills based, not content based. So mm. whatever mm. you're doing, whoever you're with, like whoever, however you're studying, mm. yeah, it's skills, not through books and textbooks nonstop. Yeah. That's Fantastic. really the, the bottom line today, yeah. isn't it? Alrighty, wonderful. Well, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Thank you so much for, for coming along, for donating your very, very precious time away from... Thank you guys for having me. It's been really fun. <laughs> we try to make it fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, Keep it light. That's, that's the phrase's way. All right, gang, that was the first episode in our Meet the Leads series for the upcoming weeks. We hope to well, hear you, see you, see, see your viewership, your listenership. God, that was a mess. We hope to see your listenership back for our next interview with the Section 2 expert that will be dropping very, very shortly. In the meantime, good luck with your GAMSAT preparation. Enjoy your summer, and we'll see you around. This has been the pre-admission game.